When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. What is going on, Blake Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Andrews, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, we've got a number of detentions, along with a couple of gold stars, after which we'll dive into a thesis on the NBA All-Star Game. The starters came out this week. Votes are in. And last but not least, we'll look at some of your responses in our little section we're calling Class Participation about Tom Brady. So without further ado, let's dive into some gold stars. First gold star, and this may feel like somewhat of a homework, but if we're being honest... It was the kind of week that needed a number of gold stars to match with the number of detentions because there are just so many more detentions to be handed out. <laughs> so our first gold star is going to go to the Greater Dallas Area High School Hoops. That is all of the people playing high school basketball in Greater Dallas Area. If you were paying attention last week, the city of Dallas has produced five McDonald's All-Americans in the class of 2022. The McDonald's All-American Game features 12 players from west of the Mississippi, and five of those male basketball players are from the greater Dallas area. Now, occasionally, you've seen a city like a New York or a city like an L.A. pull off that kind of a feat for their respective eastern or western division. But worth pointing out, the city of New York proper has almost 8.5 million people in it. The city of L.A. proper has nearly 4 million people in it. 
the entire Dallas County, which includes the city of Dallas and the surrounding areas that these kids are all from, is just over two and a half million people. It is noticeably, noticeably smaller radius, and you're seeing an uptick in town. That doesn't even include another dozen kids that were nominated from the DFW Metroplex for the greater Dallas area, I should say. A lot of great high school basketball being played in Dallas and featuring Dallas, Texas kids, whether that's Keontae George at IMG or Jordan Walsh at Link Academy. This also includes Anthony Black of Duncanville, Arteria Morris of Justin F. Kimball here in Dallas, and Kaysen Wallace from the nearby suburb Richardson. All, all are representing the state of Texas and the greater Dallas area in the McDonald's All-American game. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to the city of Dallas. Again, this is not going to be the only time this happens. If you look at the class of 2023 and next year's game, there are a number of talented stars in the area. If you look at the class of 2024, there are a number of talented stars in the area, including a couple guys on the Team USA team that play at the same high school. The city of Dallas is exploding with high school basketball talent right now, and it's cool to see it all really well represented in the McDonald's game. Shout out to those guys. Second gold star goes to Draymond Green. For a couple of different media appearances, some off-the-floor stuff he's done while he's been injured lately, the Golden State Warrior forward went on Old Man and the Three lately to clear up some stuff, and it's always cool to see a star like himself be so blunt and honest. Now, obviously, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a Rockets fan, and so if you're hearing this for the first time, it might be a surprise, but... I actually really like what he said, and if you heard what he said, he was talking about how in 2018, the year that Chris Paul's hamstring gets hurt and they lose the Warriors and so on, Draymond Green points out very well and lays out this the situation that the Golden State Warriors were realistically the only team that had a chance to beat that Rockets team, and that when Chris Paul went down, their entire game plan was just to let James Harden wear himself out because he had no help, and it's a really cool interview. First of all, I probably give this gold star as well to... J.J. Redick and that entire squad because it's a really great show. But it's just great to hear Draymond Green be that vulnerable and honest in a way that, frankly, most stars would not do. You know, most stars in that situation defer, like, oh, you know, we were just a really great team. We had things clicking. Cleveland was a great matchup in the finals as well. We played so many good. And he's like, no, we beat Cleveland bad. Yeah, they had LeBron, but that Rockets team probably beats them bad. And truthfully, we're the only team that could have beaten them. And it went down to the wire, and this other guy got hurt. Like, he lays that out very plainly in a way that, if you listen to the full interview on the Old Man 3 podcast, I think is just cool to hear. So cool to hear that we're going to get to see Draymond Green on nights he can make it available, make himself available. We'll get to see him on the TNT broadcast crew because he's now signed a deal with Turner Sports. And I, I'm serious when I say this. While that show is in me award-winning and has some great personalities, Draymond Green brings something to the table about modern basketball that Kenny and Shaq and Charles lack. Not only does he enjoy modern basketball in a way that those guys clearly don't, and we've given that attentions for in the past. Like, How can you talk about basketball if you don't like the way it's being played? That, that doesn't seem very fair. But he's played in it at the highest level and been as successful as anyone in it, right? He is a driving force for the push to the modern basketball with the space and pace and the three and D players, no positions, those kind. Of, he is the embodiment of all of that for the Golden State Warriors. You know, such a key part of their dynastic run. And frankly, if you only want to count that 18 month blip as a blip, you could argue it's still going. And so to get that kind of insight from Draymond Green is going to be a lot of fun. So, Gold Star to Draymond. Well, a few times I ended up handing that guy a Gold Star. So, soak it up, big guy. All right. We've got a number of detentions to hand out today. So, let's just dive in. I don't know how we end up with so many detentions from the week. 
but we've got a handful here. So let's dive right on. The first attention goes to StatMuse. Now, the StatMuse account, I think it's interesting. If you do not follow StatMuse on social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, so on, probably should. It's really interesting to see the kind of thing they put out on a nightly basis about sports as the games are happening. But they went a little far. In the last year or so, StatMuse has gone to more of a comedic account where they point out funny things involving stats as well as like more historic things involving stats. And I think it's driven up some of their engagement and some of their, frankly, like interaction with people and made it more of a legitimate company than just like some guy tweeting about stats. However, on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant passing away last week, they went a little far when they pointed out that the Lakers were 24 and 24 and sitting in eighth place in the West. Isn't that crazy? And like they're really making a big deal about several things that are not going well for the Lakers. And it just felt like it was in poor taste. Frankly, the Lakers could be 24 and one, and Kobe Bryant would have a big problem with it, right? So like, let's not act like he wants them to be 24 and 24 in any situation. They're in eighth place, and let's not act like any situation of Kobe Bryant wants them anything less than first place overall not in the west first place overall like these things are not things kobe would really want they're just weird number games they're pointing out that have to do with numbers we tied to kobe bryant and i feel like that stretch was just a little insensitive given the day they chose to do it with i also think it's worth pointing out that like maybe they thought it wasn't too soon but we're just two years removed from this and a lot of that two years has been a pandemic where we were locked inside and like it doesn't feel like we're really that far removed from all of this. It's just not a great look. I do believe they took the tweet down, but people took pictures and screenshotted and whatever. And so it's all over the internet. Detention to stat muse, because again, that's just a poor judge on the humor. I like the humor most nights. That just was going a little too far. Speaking of going a little too far, our next attention goes to Jeff Garcia who in a long Instagram post that I'm not going to read on and on and on about, Jeff Garcia decided that Mina Kimes noted award-winning analyst that is really, frankly, brilliant. She went to Yale and discusses football because it's what she's interested in, but really is smart enough to talk about whatever the heck she wants at whatever time she wants. Jeff Garcia decided that Mina Kimes cannot talk about football because she clearly, by looking at her, or several ways that Jeff Garcia said that, has never played football. To which I say bogus because, frankly, I'd rather listen to Mina Kimes talk about football than Bill Cower talk about football, than Boomer Esiason talk about football, even than Phil Simms talk about football. Like, There's a number of different guys in football that played it that... Sure, it's cool to hear the war stories and the battle stories of back in the day and those kind of things. But as far as modern game goes, I don't need to hear about some guy that won four Super Bowls without throwing a touchdown pass. Talk about guys that are throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game. Those are not the same game. I don't need to hear him talk about that. I want to hear Mina talk about that. Second, if Jeff Garcia is that insecure in what he's what his standing is like in the NFL or what that standing is like for him post-football... Maybe he should have gotten the ball to Jerry Rice's and Taylor Owens and all those guys more. Because, frankly, his own resume is like, eh. You know, he's fun. He's exciting. It's a fun team. But, like, he's not the end-all, be-all for quarterbacks by any stretch. His post-career analysis has not been, like, above and beyond crazy good or, or insightful or whatnot. And, at the end of the day... If you look back at some of the historic talent he played with, it's worth questioning whether or not he necessarily knew what he was doing as far as throwing guys open and getting guys open down the field. Like He's claiming Mina has no idea what she's talking about. The other thing I'll say, and the final thing I'll say is, any of these guys that are that, even if they were successful, that are that insecure about people coming for them, 
probably aren't doing this very well. If he were doing this well at all, he'd probably be a little bit more confident in his own standing and not need to lash out at Mina for stepping up and doing this, again, at an award-winning level for years now. This is not some newbie on the block. This is not some rookie. This is not some, what does this person do? This is someone who's done this well, accurately, and impressively for a long time. And finally, last point I'll say on this, because I think that this has to be said, is football benefits from bringing in minds that have not played football before. I remember reading a book called The Perfect Pass in which it outlined like how How Mummy and Sonny Dykes and Mike Leach and all of those guys came up with the air raid offense. And I think it's worth pointing out that some of the most inventive and creative ideas come from guys that did not play offense or did not play quarterback or did not play football at all in the case of Mike Leach because they approach the game without those things holding them back. They don't think of third down, third and four as a down that you have to run the ball to try and get the first down on. They don't think of fourth down as this like you got to punt it away opportunity because they haven't played the game or not. If they're smart enough to dissect it and to understand it and to dive into the rules face first full speed, the new and unimpressioned viewpoints can create some of the most inventive coaching, playing, and analysis that you can offer. You ought to be inviting more and more and more people into the game to continue to add to that. So yes, Mina Kimes, who has won awards for writing on business and has economics degrees and has written for a number of different professional organizations before football and got to ESPN in 2014. Mina Kimes understands football well enough and is smart enough to take this game in and spit it back out at you in a new, inventive, and creative, and frankly entertaining way. Yes, she deserves to do this. And yes, Jeff Garcia is being at least sexist in the way he approached this. Big time detention, Jeff Garcia. I don't really know how you can recover from this one, although I don't also think there's any such thing as actually being canceled. I think he just found a new audience. Shout out to Team Mina. Detention, Jeff Garcia. Smaller detention than that, and a little bit more lighthearted one, goes to the Texas Longhorns for a big, big let-up and almost lost to the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday night. The Texas Longhorns basketball team hosted their old coach and future SEC opponent, University of Tennessee, on Saturday and got up big. I believe the score was up by 18 points. The Longhorns are up by 18 points with about eight minutes left. And they got it down to the wire and... With a minute left, the game was tied, and the Longhorns missed three out of four free throws in the final minute before eventually winning by one point. Yes, that one free throw. So I got to say that that's a big-time let down and let up. If you watch the game at all, you can recall the number of different turnovers and this and that and the other thing. It's bad on a couple of fronts. One, the Longhorns kicked out Rick Barnes a while back and kind of started the downward spiral of the basketball program that Chris Beard is hoping to bounce back. And two... This is the other part of that SEC thing they're trying to do in a couple of years. And if they can't beat SEC teams in football or basketball, it's kind of like, ooh, this, this is just about money. What are we doing here with the Texas Longhorns? And so while they did eventually stick it out, and frankly stuck it out after I put this in my detention sheet on my phone, I have to say detention for the almost blown game. Another detention goes to Adam Schefter to go back to the NFL. Adam Schefter reported on Saturday that Tom Brady was retiring we'll get into more fun with that later 
But what's interesting there is by the end of the day, it led to this big confusion about will Tom Brady retire or not because apparently it does not look like Schefter had tapped into enough or close enough sources because Brady and his family have been very publicly about he is not announcing his retirement. Now, some people have done a little digging and looked at that maybe because if he retires a couple weeks later in February, he's due for $15 million more million. So maybe that's just a formality. And maybe Tom Brady really is telling people in his innermost circle that he's going to retire and not telling anyone publicly so he doesn't miss out on that money. But what I will say is, is that this is the second time in the last four months that Schefter has tried to be early on something and let something slip. We remember back in the uncovering of the John Gruden mess in and I gotta say Oakland in Las Vegas he let out and was revealed that he's got some sources that are editing his own stories for him before he pushes them and that obviously leads to a question questionable journalism because you can't tell how much that source gets edited the story before they push it right this is the second big slip of Schefter in just a few months and that's not a great look at a Schefter especially as the face of inside news for football across the country right now he's giving us as much from a national perspective as we can take and this is just cracks in the armor that's not a great look for Shefty the tension for trying to be a little too early on the news this weekend our last attention from a detention-filled week goes to whomever at Nike or Jordan brand came up with the NBA All-Star jersey. If you're not seeing the leaks online with the NBA All-Star stars being announced this week, you start seeing some of the leaks of the jerseys coming out. And frankly, they look like the ugly kind of tank tops you see at South Padre Island. They have weird dots up and down the sides that look like weird perforations or something, a giant logo on the front. It just does not look like an NBA-level basketball jersey. The real shame here is that, like, in some of the leaks, you've also seen, like, the Rising Stars jerseys and those kinds of things, the war- Team World and all those. Those jerseys actually, I think, came out fairly well. They look, like, traditional but somewhat nuanced, and they're each a little bit different, and they're different colorful, sch- different colorful color schemes and those kinds of things, whereas this NBA jersey for the All-Star game, they're gross red, gross gray, gross blue. Like, the shades don't tend to go together. And the design up and down the side is, like, the worst version of whatever Charlotte's got on because Charlotte's at least looks like the honeycomb. This, again, looks like a weird mesh or perforations on a tank top that you'd see on a bad spring break trip. It's really, really hideous. I can't believe that's what they're going with for Andrew Wiggins' first and maybe only All-Star game. Oh, that's a secret. I guess we're about to dive into that. So without further ado, let's break. All right, so as we just alluded to a little bit, we're going to dive into Andrew Wiggins and the All-Star Game in our first thesis, and then we're talking about Tom Brady in our second. It's going to be a fun show today, so let's dive in. All right, so our first thesis reads, Andrew Wiggins earning an All-Star starting spot is bad for the NBA. Now, I'm sitting at a seat on this from a couple of different vantage points. I'm sure I'm going to get called an Andrew Wiggins hater by like our new basketball writer, Thomas Christensen, or a number of people on Dove Nation Twitter and whatnot, but screw it. Let's dive in. All right. So the thesis reads, Andrew Wiggins earning an all-star spot is bad for the NBA. An all-star starting spot, I should say, is bad for the NBA. And I gave that a... C. And, and I think I said a C because, frankly, there are pros and cons to this thesis. There are things I agree with it and things I don't. In a vacuum, I'm not opposed to 
Andrew Wiggins earning an all-star starting spot, right? I think, frankly, if that's who the fans want to see, there's some part of me that's like, you know, this whole thing is about entertainment. The all-star game especially is about entertainment. If that's who fans want to see, let's watch him play. So the NBA all-star starters are in large part voted on by the fans. For the last five years, there's actually been a weighted vote where fan vote counts for 50%, with players getting 25% say and media members getting 25% say. Before that, fan vote had the whole spot on picking starters. And I think it's worth pointing out that that change happened because, honestly, in the 2016 and 17 seasons, you almost had Zaza Pachulia, with the support of his home country, Georgia, earn his way into the All-Star game when he was very clearly maybe the seventh or eighth best player on the Warriors. And again, in a vacuum, if more people will tune in to watch the game, that shouldn't be a bad thing, right? If that's who the fans want to see, that's who the fans want to see. Where it becomes a bad thing in my eyes is because the NBA has put value on the All-Star game, at least financially, right? So many contracts across the league include various incentives or incentive-based deals about accumulating all-star games or making into all-star games or starting versus sitting in all-star games and those types of things. Companies, Jordan Brand will do all kinds of features on the guys they have in the all-star game. Just look back at when Russell Westbrook made it in the LA all-star game and all of a sudden put all over his hometown, even though he's on the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Getting into the all-star game is a big deal to those sponsors, whether it's Beats or Athletic Greens, even whomever, right? Second, shout out Athletic Greens. You want to sponsor the podcast, please let me know. Back to a regular schedule program. All right, so I, I think that there's too much financial incentive to consider the game just entertainment. Is it entertainment for us? Absolutely. But for all of these guys, making it to the all-star game is a big part of their job. It really helps their career. And now Andrew Wiggins making it in as a starter when he's probably the third best player on his team. And, and that's, you know, given that Clay Thompson's coming back, I still have Draymond Green ranked ahead of him as the forwards go. So you could even argue that in a month he might be the fourth best player. That's neither here or there. What I will say is that that spot probably on merit alone would not have gone to him. Certainly not the starting spot. And if that spot goes to him, that means it cannot go to someone else. That means that someone else is missing out on that cash. Whether that's there's not no longer room for both Chris Paul and Devin Booker to come in as reserves. Whether that means that you now have to find a spot for Carl Anthony Towns, who's having a great year this year. Or, you know, is Anthony Edwards somehow being left out? And should should we talk about him? Whether is he working his way in? Obviously, y'all know I'm a Rockets guy and Christian Wood, while the Rockets are not winning a lot of games, Christian Wood is having a tremendous season and frankly could stand to make money on those benefits because he's making a lot less money than some of these other guys, right? Brandon Ingram, you know, has missed some games as of late, but had a great start to the season, even though the Pelicans aren't winning a whole lot of games. It's an individual accomplishment, and so to give him that individual accomplishment seems somewhat as a, seems like a somewhat appropriate reward for what he's doing. Now, all of that said, what I see this happening is that there will be Warriors fans say, well, he's our guy, and he's this and that. And again, if it were just about entertainment, put him in. But when it's about the finances, I say we need to reward the guys that aren't in. Especially when it's those guys that are typically Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota, Christian Wood in Houston, 
Brandon Ingram in New Orleans. You could even go as far down to like the guys in Phoenix, the pair of guards we mentioned there. I guess technically a little bit different position, but as, as you go across this, overwhelmingly the guys left out or the guys this could most directly impact are going to be small and mid-market sized guys. If a big critique of the NBA is that stars flock to big markets, we can't get mad at those stars for flocking to big markets when that's where the all-star votes are. If we're going to vote in two Warriors into the all-star starting lineup and no Phoenix Suns, why would they form a winner in Phoenix, who has the number one record in the West right now, which is the time we're recording this, as opposed to finding their way to Golden State? Why would, I mean, if the Laker voting bump helped Carmelo Anthony, who does not start for the Lakers, get fifth place in, or fifth out of the top three go into the game, and he got fifth most votes for the forwards in the West, he doesn't even start for his own team. He's going to be an all-star starter, but the voting bump for playing for LA is very real, right? I think that when we look at this, we see guys in big markets get more votes, which makes more sense. Those are teams with more fans, national and international brands. I get all of that. I get why there are more people watching those games. I'm not saying that we should all tune in to watch the Minnesota Timberwolves every single Tuesday night. I don't mean that, but what I do mean is that if fans get to vote, the big cities are going to have more fans, and then those guys get to make the game. Those guys get paid more for making the game. They get the incentives from all the, from everything we just mentioned, and if those guys get paid more, we can't get upset when our mid-market star through all those means, wants to go get his money and play for a team that gets him those votes, right? That's not to say that John Morant in Memphis or Russell Westbrook's Oklahoma City years can't happen, but those guys are working really, really hard to get that to happen when Andrew Wiggins can go be Andrew Wiggins in Golden State, right? Another big picture I think that's worth mentioning this is when we put guys into the Hall of Fame, we always talk about how many times they made the All-Star game. Kobe Bryant, we just had the anniversary of his death the other day, right? Next to Kobe Bryant's tagline, it goes five-time MVP or five-time champion, two-time final MVP, NBA MVP, 18-time All-Star, right? Like it gets tagged in along the way at every moment, right? Part of the longevity and the you know buildup of LeBron James' career will be that he is now a, what, 17 or 18-time All-Star after this, right? That ends up adding up. That ends up being a comparative thing we do when talking about guys getting into the Hall of Fame. And the Hall of Fame is, aside from being this, like, cool level of immortality, something that matters to these guys. If it's going to be a game about entertainment, and we're going to put the Andrew Wigginses of the world in it, not only can we not pay people more for being in it, we need to make sure that we use something else for that measurement because Andrew Wiggins being in means someone else cannot. And if that takes an all-star game away from, I'll keep saying a Chris Paul or I'll keep saying a Carl Anthony Towns because those are the guys that are in the same conference. If it takes it away from those guys, then years down the line, when we're looking at those guys, in the hall of fame, we don't get to put the asterisk next to their all-star votes because that one year, the city of Oakland went crazy or city of San Francisco went crazy and voted for Andrew Wiggins that's not how it goes we just have the all-star games right now if we want to start transitioning that away from the all-star games as well I obviously have argued before on the midweek mid-range or on this or I think I wrote something a year back about how using all NBA teams and all NBA votes would actually probably be a better way to look at it but we're not doing that right now so it's hard to say that would be better and that that's the solution when that's not what we're doing right now because 
were clearly just handing this to guys like Wiggins. Now, all of that aside, I'm going to get hammered by Warriors Twitter for hatred of Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to get hammered by Warriors Twitter for not wanting their guys in the game and so on. I would also selfishly argue that Andrew Wiggins isn't even the most observing warrior of that spot, right? Draymond Green helps that machine go. That team is better with him on the floor. The Warriors are 37-13 and 13 at the time of recording this. They, they just beat Brooklyn last night on Saturday night, okay? They, without Draymond Green, are more like 500, okay? That's the catalyst for winning, that's the guy steering the ship. That's the point forward that allows them to play fast and big and strong and run. Steph Curry can go on ball and off ball setting, and because Draymond's setting screens and let, or he has the ball. Like those are when he has the ball, Steph Curry's running all the other screens on his own. Like that is the kind of stuff that opens up all of their actions, opens up all of the things they do. I'm not saying he's Steph Curry. I understand Steph Curry getting all the votes he does. I'm saying. Draymond Green, especially this season with Klay Thompson being out for so long, is the clear-cut second-best player on that team. Draymond Green, even though he's been out for a number of games recently, is the reason that that team is 37 and 13. Draymond Green, again, if they're only they're eight and or roughly eight and eight, I think I'm looking at this right without him, and they've lost 13 total games. That means they've only lost their 50 games through the season have only lost five times to Draymond Green in the lineup. And as I scroll up and down the game log here, those are also games decided by like less than 10 points. So any couple of those could have gone the other way. I look at this and I say, Draymond Green is definitively more valuable to what they're doing as well. So yes, there's part of this that also is about Andrew Wiggins being that spot. Again, if it's bad entertainment, let's make the whole thing entertainment. But since it's not, I don't think it's fair to say that that's why he should be in the game. I go back and forth there. So that's why I sit at... Uh, C. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, <laughs> but it'll keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. All right, so I'm not sure if we're going to call this section like taking attendance or teacher feedback or whatever the case may be, but we pose a number of different questions out from the FN Sports Twitter feed kind of regularly just to kind of see what people think. And sometimes they're about food and lunch and whatever because that's what's on our mind. Sometimes they're about basketball, football, whatever. And on Saturday, in light of the Tom Brady news we thought Adam Schefter was reporting, we posed the question, who could be the next Tom Brady across any sport? 
and we got a bunch of different sponsors, and I, I just wanted to sit here and talk about them with y'all as the feedback we got from everyone here. So I don't know what we're going to call this segment in the future, but for today's sake, we're going to call it teacher feedback because we threw out a question and we got a whole bunch of answers. So if the question is, who across all sports could be the next Tom Brady, here's what we got. First, I, I want to point out that a number of different people said that there isn't one. Fantasy Fanatic on Twitter said no one. At uh, Arval80 said no one. At Drop Hades, at Drop underscore Hades said no one. At Joe Garside1 says never will be one. Weekly Audible, a basketball account, said Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is fair because he does have the one title, a couple MVPs. He's still relatively young. Official underscore ACG says no one, but that we almost had LeBron, so he's not necessarily going to say never happened, which I thought was fair. I'm not the biggest soccer guy. Maybe we need to have some soccer guys in the pod because at Slanty Cazorla underscore Cazorla says Ronaldo and Messi are already bigger. At Jackson underscore Nicoya says Messi is that guy. I also think that it's worth pointing out at Nino Flores 15 and at Baseball and What say both that Gio Reyna should be in there. That was a new name to me, so maybe we need to get some soccer guys on to work with me on those. I, I think it's interesting to see this, like, we're jumping to more global sports because Brady is so much bigger than football. I think it's interesting to see that, like, several people are saying, ooh, I don't know if there is one right now because that's where our heads are at because it's so hard to think of a current athlete that could do that because, again, we're talking 22 years, the most championships of any individual in the, in the game, another handful of championships that he was competing in and didn't win, right? I think all those have to add up. I think it's worth pointing out that people also notice that, you know, there's one big, clear football name right now. And at Alan F87 says that name is Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I'm just kidding. It's very clear in Northern California. kind of said Jimmy Garoppolo, then he responded with Chris Gioza, and then he responded with Jonathan Kaminga, which I do appreciate the hometown bias there. Shout out to Alan F87. At Bearded Raider says Ovechkin, who's another great playing right now. But the real football name that popped up over and over again whether it was at the Bears fan one eight nine or one two nine, or whether it was uh, at Wendell Wallace, everyone's saying Pat Mahomes and Wendell Wallace said or Josh Allen, and I gotta say as recording this, watching the Bengals and Chiefs game happening in the background, I do think what's interesting to see is the way Pat Mahomes could change the game may be akin to the way that Tom Brady changed our conversations of the game. Brady became the iconic winner guy. And by that, I mean, like, he got to be more and more accurate the course of his career. But truthfully, it there was no, there's no other defining characteristic of Tom Brady's game besides that he just always won. Whether it was hand the ball off 25 times and not doing anything with it by himself, or throwing around to Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown or the year he had Randy Moss or what, like all these things that Tom Brady does come down to he just always won. Pat Mahomes is close. Pat Mahomes is currently, as again, as we're recording this, playing in his fourth consecutive as a starter and four for four as a starter, I should say, AFC Championship game, right? If he wins this, he'll be going to his third Super Bowl in four years. And you could argue that if he didn't have a bad offsides call by his defense, he might have gotten to go to a fourth a couple years back, right? It's easy to see that Mahomes could very quickly transition into winner guy by doing this improvisation, backguard football, etc. That's a different way to win than we saw Brady do. 
Brady was not the improv. Brady was not the necessarily the creativity. Brady was not necessarily all those things. Brady did everything with the utmost hyper discipline. Part of that's the Belichick system. And I would say that if we ever had a thesis of who gets responsibility for what, I think those two guys play a lot more of a hand-in-hand in one another than we give it credit for. But Brady followed the rule of discipline, that discipline is doing the right thing at the right time, every opportunity, over and over and over again. When they left the bubble open, Brady threw the bubble over and over and over again. When they left the little tight end pitch route, the we call that way a button hooking out kind of stuff, he hit that over and over and over again. He did his job very well, exactly as he was supposed to do it. He didn't take the extra gambles. He didn't do anything too crazy. He continued to do the right thing over and over and over again and won more than any individual has ever won because of it, right? Mahomes is doing this his own way. He's legitimately playing it crazier than kids play Madden, the way he's running around back there. We, we saw the game-winning touchdown against Buffalo on the mic'd up version where he just looks at Kelsey and says, Trav, run it, Trav, run it. What are, we, what are we running there? That's the whole different play than we just talked about in the huddle. And he's just doing a back shoulder fade in the end zone, right? But that's identifying things and going out there and doing it on the fly. That's a whole different shift in the system. So while Pat Mahomes is fun, that swap and how to do it will be interesting because neither is something people that just any Joe Schmo can do. It's unrealistic to be like, well, people can mirror Tom Brady or people can mirror Patrick Mahomes, right? Because you can't just go out there and do whatever the heck you want all the time and expect to win without being the crazy talent that Patrick Mahomes is. You also can't expect to go out there and be the disciplined Tom Brady guy every single play either. Like there's no one actually gets to end up doing both of those things. And I think it's interesting to look at the way that breaks down. Now, I will say that it's interesting to me with how many people listen to the show that are a number of different sports fans that we got more football responses than anyone else, right? Uh, we got Belly Up No Credential Required, which is a cool podcast. You check out about local upstate New York sports responding with Jack Hughes, a hockey player, which is fine. We got, I mentioned the Ronaldo and Messi stuff. We got uh, one other hockey, one other soccer player. I, I just think it's funny that in a sport where we see more careers go to 20 years, like basketball, especially guys showing up at 18, 19 years old, no one's picking the Luka Doncic's of the world. No one's picking the Trey Young's of the world. No one's picking Devin Booker. No one's picking those kinds of guys. The only basketball, we got two basketball, I should say. One said almost LeBron and one said Giannis. And I think it's interesting and call me a basketball guy that in the careers that can potentially go that long or more commonly go that long, we're not picking those guys. So Anyway, shout out to y'all for responding to the thesis or responding to the question, I should say. And we'll figure out something to do more regularly with this. But this is a fun idea. And it was just cool to see everyone's responses. So thanks for diving in on Twitter at FNSports2. Those listening to the show, FNSports2 on Twitter. And we'll post questions like this every so often. Again, sometimes they're pretty silly, but this one got some good responses. So that was a good one. Friends. That was another edition of FN Sports. Sorry about the heavy detention to start that thing. I think that started stuff on a negative path, and all of a sudden I got really negative talking about Andrew Wiggins. I got really negative talking about this. Anyway, maybe we need to start with more gold stars. So if you got more gold stars, make sure you afford them to the 
show. Shout out to Chris Sliwa. That's Chris underscore Sliwa7 on Twitter for all the great work he does behind the scenes editing our audio. So make sure you go check out Chris on all that. If you want to look for myself on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512. That's at P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512. I'll post things I'm writing, things I'm reading, things I'm talking about, all the shows I'm on and those kind of things. I'll also frequently post things like Elizon sneakers, although I got to admit, I did finally buckle and get the crafted Jordan 1s, the ones that have all the multicolors on them and look almost Carhartt-esque Jordan 1s. I got those on StockX, so I did go about $10 above retail price on those. So I don't like to do that. I had to do that this time. You can find all that kind of stuff again at Painsworth512 on Twitter and Instagram. This show is on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And we're on Twitter at FN Sports 2. That's F-I-N-S-B-R-T-S number 2. All one word on Twitter. We just broke 5,000 followers last week, so thank you all for following the show on that. We do a lot of fun interaction stuff with different questions throughout the week, so make sure you're jumping into those conversations. On the social media handles, you can find in the like link in bio a link to all of our different sponsors. That includes mybookie.com, where you can use FN Sports to get double your deposit up to $1,000. You can have our link to Yeti, which you find all the cool coolers and cups and koozies and stuff like that you need for your insulated endeavors. Our other sponsor is The Beard Struggle. That's our longest lasting sponsor. You can use code FNSports15 to get 15% off your order at The Beard Struggle for all your bearded needs or your bearded partner's needs. And you'll also be able to find a link to our merch store where we have different t-shirts and hoodies and things like that each month that go to charitable causes. For Black History Month this February, we're doing a T-shirt that benefits the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. That's the Thurgood Marshall College Fund helps give scholarships to HBCUs across the country. It's called our 42 campaign because the T-shirts are blue with red and white script and the number 42 all over them, like a certain, we'll say, Brooklyn uniform because they no longer play in Brooklyn. So shout out to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. We're going to support them all month long. So make sure you go to those links to the merch store and buy one of those for you, your friend, and so on. If you're listening to the show, thank you so much, and make sure you listen to it somewhere else as well. Download, subscribe, rate, review, do all the wonderful things along the way that help out the podcast and whatever you do when it comes to sports. Don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.